weakness. And um, I don't know, I won't do a show of hands, but there may be some who, um, who even this week or this month or this year, you've felt maybe a, a layer of weakness. Or in another word, I might be able to use brokenness um, because they often go together, don't they? Um, but I want to ex- explore that a little bit today and, and um, see what the Bible says about weakness because actually uh, often what we perceive to be our weakness is actually our greatest strength and it's the area that God uses us most. And um, I'll, I'll begin by sort of dividing this in two ways uh, because I think there's a weakness in the sense of weakness of character, in the sense of we've got gaps in our character where we might be immature, and that's not what I mean by weakness today. So when I say weakness, what I really mean is brokenness uh, today. Um, and uh, there was a, a, a guy, a po- American poet in the 1800s, um, James Russell Lau, and he said there are two kinds of weakness, that which breaks and that which bends. And I think that this actually follows on from what I talked about last week, adaptability. And through our brokenness, through our weakness, we can either break and snap and really just lose the plot and, and have all sorts of dramas and, and uh, life catastrophes go on, or we can learn to bend. We can learn to adapt and flex with the situation and, uh, and even get stronger. Um, I was thinking this week about, uh, in fact, I don't think you can think of any man or woman of God who was used significantly or, or in any way that we would memorize in Scripture that didn't go through a season of weakness or brokenness. I think one of the greatest, which is a prayer that we often pray, is poor old Job. <laughs> we often remember Job and what a depressing book. 41 chapters of tearing down and tearing down and tearing down and tearing down and then one chapter of double portion release back. But the good thing is the one chapter is 42. It's at the end. All that tearing down, all that shredding of his life and things being ripped from him for the Lord to give him back double. And so we often pray this, Lord, Job 42 anointing. You might want to join us in that prayer. Who wants the Job 42 anointing? I don't want the Job 1 to 41 anointing. What a horrible anointing. What a horrible season. In fact, I'm just going to be honest with you here. I mainly skip Job chapters 1 to 41. And you might be like me because... Uh, in fact, we were uh, Rocky Ryan and myself were at a leaders gathering this week with a lot of other leaders from other churches, and um, and it was a great time. And it was interesting because there were four really great leaders up the front: um, Danny Gugnucci and Phil Pringle and uh, Rick Sheldon and Tony Rainbow, and um, and all these guys. And actually, all of us commented, you know, they all began to just share, uh, and pretty much all of them just shared how hard and broken and tough the years are in ministry and in life. And, um, and so it was quite startling because normally you'd, you'd get all pumped up to a pastor's thing and they, you, know, you really want to be pumped up and encouraged. And we start on this level of how actually everyone goes through incredible, incredible hardship and brokenness. And those in ministry go through that as well, even though they might look like they've got it all together. And, um, and so it's an encouragement for us that each and every one of us sitting here this morning, our season of weakness and brokenness will be our greatest strength. And 
If you think about Jacob, he walked with a limp for the rest of his life. It was an area of weakness. I mean, limping's not a good thing. It's not an enjoyable thing. It obviously really, really hurt his encounter with God. And yet he walked with a limp because of that. It was a weakness, but it became his strength. And same with Joseph. He had times where obviously throughout his life he he had terrible, terrible brokenness in the pit, in the jail cell and false accusation and a tearing down. And, And that's one of the things that one of the guys said this week, one of these leaders that we were listening to. And he said, often there is a tearing down before there's a building up. And so if you're seeing that in your life, a tearing down or a reducing or a, or a constricting or even people leaving you that, you know, maybe were a strength or a comfort or there's just things going on that may seem to be going backwards, take courage because every great man and woman in history has had that experience. You're not the only one. You're, you're by far in actually great company, great company. In fact, one could almost say the greater the trials and the perils and the tearing down, the greater the return of a, a double portion of anointing and a release of the kingdom. And I don't know, there's something about God that he needs yielded vessels, doesn't he? He needs yielded vessels. And um, this is not something in your 20s you love hearing. <laughs> Sorry for you guys who are 20. But, you know, because I remember pursuing the Lord early on in, in my 20s and, and really saying to God, putting some benchmarks there. You know, it's sometimes good to hit some goals. And I was very goal-orientated back then. I didn't even know what goals I've got now. But, but I remember saying before the Lord, I was, I'd read revival books and I'd re- read about healing uh, evangelists and mighty men and women of God. And I'd say, Lord, if I'm not doing some of that stuff by the time I'm 30, I'm literally... You know, I don't know what I'll do with myself. I'll be so disappointed, like seriously. And so we set these goals and, and, and it's interesting, the journey God takes us through of disappointment, of darkness, of even feeling estranged from his presence maybe or from his word or from his voice. And, you know, through that Job season, it may seem long, it may seem dark, it may seem like no one else is there with you. And yet, You know, there's hundreds of other people in this room who are either in that season or been through that season. And so when the enemy tries, you know, when Jesus was in the desert, it was just, it was the enemy just trying the temptations. It was him trying and he was alone and he was thirsty and hungry and probably just wanted a shower and all this sort of stuff. And yet, that's when the enemy comes in that season and the enemy tried to test Job, obvious, obviously, and try to make him see what he's losing. Make him see that how can God love you if all of this is happening? And yet he was faithful to the promise. He was faithful to the relationship he had with the Father. And this is the key for us. Through any dark season, any brokenness, any weakness, what will draw us out, what will help us through it in bending rather than breaking is our relationship with the Father. Because if a son or a daughter knows that his father is ultimately there for him no matter what, then you can get through anything. And if worse come to worse and we die, we get promoted and see him. You know, it's like a win-win. But the journey is, doesn't often feel like that, does it? I know for us that, um, you know, particularly for me in, in business, um, 
after having such a, a season of building up, see, I sort of did it in reverse. At first, the Lord built us up and then tore us down. Um, but during that season when things, you know, it's like when the anointing lifts for whatever you're doing or the favor lifts, you might have been in your career or with family and everything's gone rosy for years. And then all of a sudden, numerous things come and, and it seems like the favor's lifted, but the favor hasn't lifted. This is your greatest hour. This is the greatest hour. This is when that relationship with the father comes into real play. I was listening to um, Chris Valaton from Bethel last night. He was doing a questions and answers thing. And he, he's completely inappropriate in so many things that he says. It's hilarious. Um, but it, and he was at a women's gathering too, and it was even more inappropriate. But, um, you know, one of the things that he said was he was f- absolutely fascinated by Bill Johnson when through in his early years they had to live with Bill and Benny Johnson, the, the leaders of Bethel Church in California, and, and he said he's, he's just amazed at the way Bill would still pursue the Lord and love the Lord the same way when everything was going really, really well. And, and yet Chris was, was saying, I thought that was just for crisis times. And often this is the perception we have. When we dig deepest, it's often at a crisis. And so sometimes God uses that and says, hey, this is how I want it all the time. This is how I want it when things are going really, really good. I want this relationship with you all the time, day and night, or, or when it's dark, when it's light, or when the, when the season's really bad, when you need something from me. And I know this is something I've checked myself on over the years, actually, because I've never really wanted to be the type of person that only seeks the Lord when the disasters hit. And, and so there's oftentimes I remind myself that actually, in the times of God's goodness and his favor and his release and his expansion, those are the times when we really build up because we're not having to cry out in a crisis. We can worship him and thank him in the goodness of God. So we get that revelation at the peak as well as in the valley. And so, um, you know, go, keep going through scripture. You can, you know, think about Moses. You can think about David. Think about Esther and, and Peter. And I mean, the list just goes on and on. Mary Magdalene. Their, their weakness, their perceived weakness, if I can put it like that, or their brokenness was exactly where God used them. You think of Esther. Uh, I mean, you know, really, who was she to have such a voice for the people of God? But God picked her out. And years of preparation, years of preparation where she's out of her comfort zone, completely out of her comfort zone, and then given prominence, and then she's faithful in the prominence. And um, I think this is such a good example to us to realize that God wants to use yielded vessels. He wants to use yielded vessels because yielded vessels are those who say, Lord, Whatever you want to do, I'm okay with that. Let's, let's do this. And it could be really big, really small, here, there, anywhere. But we're yielded to him. We're yielded to his voice, to what he wants to say to us. And so 2 Corinthians chapter 12, if you want to turn there for a second. 2 Corinthians chapter 12, and I'll read verse 9 to 11. And it says, And he has said to me, My grace is sufficient for you, for power is perfected in weakness. It's really 
quite a profound statement, isn't it? His power or his anointing or his promotion, his expansion of your life is perfected in your weakness. Whatever you're going through, if you're going through a time of brokenness or confusion or maybe it's not even that bad, but it's just a time where it's desolate. You know those times where maybe it's not crisis, but you just cannot hear the word of the Lord for what you're doing, where you're going or what you're meant to be doing. He is perfecting his power in you right now. And he desires that. And our yielding, our bending season is is opening up the heavens, so to speak, so that he can then perfect his power in us. It's not so that he can perfect us. It's perfecting his power in us. And so it, it goes on. Most gladly, therefore, I will rather boast about my weakness so that the power of Christ may dwell in me. Therefore, I am well content with my weaknesses, with insults, distresses, with persecutions and difficulties. For Christ's sake, for when I am weak, then I am strong. This is probably exactly the opposite to what most of us feel like when we go through trials. I remember, if I continue the the business story, by the way, I've still got to finish a couple of stories from like the months um, preceding this, but... um, Karen, remind me sleeve list. I want to finish that story, right? So just, po- you know, wave at me. Anyway, um, so um, I remember when uh, we, we had a very large business, for those of you who don't know, manufacturing business, and there was about a year there where the anointing really, really lifted. And what I mean by that is, um, is what I used to do wasn't working anymore. And so winning those same projects was like, oh, my goodness, you know, like, what, what's gone on, you know, what, what's happened? And so, um, you know, uh, the, the wrong projects came our way and the wrong things happened in those projects and all sorts of things began to snowball on top of one another. You know when, what it's like when it's like, okay, a couple of bad things happened. Now there's a whole other one. And then when you're just trying to solve that, here's another couple to add on to the, add on to the, the snowball, make it bigger. And so it can be extremely overwhelming. And I remember that overwhelming phys- physical feeling Um, actually on my chest, I remember that overwhelming feeling. And the last thing I felt like saying is, Lord, your power is perfected in my weakness. It really is. I mean, if someone had walked in my office and sort of quoted that, I would have slapped them because it's, it's not what you feel like hearing at that time, is it? Oh, you're super spiritual. You must have just got a promotion or something, you know. Don't come quoting scriptures to me, you know. But this is Job, <laughs> you know, and, and so um, it's at those times where we do need those people who come in and encourage us, maybe not arrogantly or whatever else, but just come alongside of us and encourage us. And these words are for us. And he says, for when I am weak, then, then I am strong. He doesn't say when he's feeling good and he's pumped up and he's healthy and strong, then I'm really strong in the Lord. He says, when I am weak, and what I take this as meaning is, when I'm yielded to him, to the cause of Christ, to the relationship with him, to the depths of his heart and his calling for me as a human being, when my flesh is burnt, when my flesh is weak, then him in me becomes stronger. Because he lives in us, right? And so it's Jesus Christ who lives in us that lifts us up. And just as verse 9 says, For my power is perfected in weakness, for his power 
His power in us is perfected through that brokenness, through that weakness. Um, Israel, in their times of greatest need, facing the greatest disasters, and you can think of many disasters. I mean, you, 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 know, you read the book of Exodus and you, it's like, okay, so they go through one and then there's another one a few years later, another one, another one, and there's that same cycle of, oh, when the, when the miracles happen, they're all loving the Lord and it's amazing. And then, oh, I know, complaining, 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 it gets tough. And then God breaks through again and, you know, and this is our humanity Uh, But in that weakness, in that realizing that we can't do it is when we realize we need a miracle. It's when we realize we need God to break through the most. So, So he uses those seasons. Maybe he doesn't send them, but he uses them powerfully and turns them around, takes us through that darkness and says, see what the darkness is like. Now see what I'm going to do. Now see how I'll get you out of this. Now see how I'm going to bring about the Job 42 return of prosperity and abundance. And, you know, even that word prosperity, it scares some people these days. You know, oh, no, you're getting too focused on money. No, forget money for a moment. Just take money right out of the equation. Even without money, I want prosperity. Prosperity means blessed family. It means a good relationship with the Father. Because you're prospering in your relationship. It means a good relationship with those around you. It means a healthy body. It means a healthy mind, a healthy spirit. Prosperity is ultimately our whole being prospering. The money is just a little thing on the side. Here's the thing I'll just throw in a random money fact. Have a guess, and you don't have to yell it out, but have a guess of all the notes we have, the different denominations of notes, which note do we have in the greatest quantity in Australia? It's the $100 bill. You're right. You wouldn't think it though, would you? So there's a whole lot of prosperity out there that you and I need to get our hands on. All right? (laughs) If you haven't got enough $100 bills, there's more of them floating around Australia than any other note. Okay? So that's just like one of those weird random facts. Um, Anyway, so I've got to think about where were we. I'll lift off from there and talk about inheritance. Because uh, Hebrews chapter 9, verse 15 says, For this reason Christ is the mediator of a new covenant, that those who are called may receive the promised eternal inheritance. Now that he has died as a ransom to set them free from the sins committed under the first covenant. In the case of a will, it's necessary to prove the death of the one who made it. Because a will is in force only when someone has died. It never takes effect while the one who made it is living. Now think about this. Our spiritual inheritance in its fullness may be waiting for us to die. It may be waiting for us to die. In the sense of die to all those maybe the fleshly things or or maybe distractions or things that are pulling us back into the old man or old woman, back into the past or uh, whatever it is that's holding us back from the fullness of the kingdom, the inheritance. Because I believe actually we can receive part of our inheritance here. Now I don't, I don't have a weird theology on that. What I mean is that I think God is the rewarder of those who diligently seek him. And when I hear that word reward, I think of an inheritance because they have a similar connotation, don't they? And so if he wants to release more of himself through me and through you, then that's part of an inheritance. The great inheritance will come in eternity. The great reward will come then. But now we can receive part of our reward, part of our inheritance, because he loves to reward those who diligently seek him. 
And Luke 11, you read that chapter, it talks all about it. Ask and you'll receive. Knock and the door will be open. And see, this is about the father knowing that his sons and daughters want an intimate relationship with him. They don't just want something out of him. They don't just want to become famous or sort of make everything rosy just so they can be happy, so to speak, here on earth. But because there's an eternal inheritance that we can participate in right now. That's why Jesus died. Jesus showed us that in his death, in his weakness, there's been an ultimate passing through of death to receive an inheritance. And it's like that when we're passing through that valley or that hard time or brokenness or weakness or confusion or desperation, whatever it might be, it's a dying. But on the other side of dying comes living, comes the inheritance. And the inheritance is better than the dying. Read Job 42. It's better than the dying. The dying feels bad. It feels really bad. It may feel physically bad. It may feel spiritually bad. It may be all of the above. But the inheritance is greater. And I believe this is the promise that we have through what Jesus did for us because he was the great mediator. He actually went before us and he paid the price. He went down to the depths to receive an inheritance. And this is what we can do too. Bro, have you ever noticed that brokenness gives a person a real depth? It was uh, even this week, just hearing someone share in their brokenness was such a depth. And it actually wasn't what they said. It's the well that it came out of that makes you want to drink from it. You know, you could almost say anything, but if the well is deep and if the well is yielded before the Lord, you want to drink from that well. Someone who's already a full cup and doesn't want to learn anything or know anything or, or really, you know, change and, and adapt, it's not really a person that you love being around because they're already full. There's a Chinese proverb that says that, isn't there? You know, uh, but I can't quote it to you, but I think there's one. There's a Chinese proverb for everything. No, there actually is. I can find it for you. But, but it's interesting that when a person is broken or yielded or so-called weak in their weakness, there's a depth to their heart that brings out the heart of the Father. Because broken people are often called orphans and they're separated from their parents. That's the ultimate Weakness, that's the ultimate thing, isn't it? Separation from our parents. And then God the Father comes in through what Jesus did. He died. He went through the valley of the shadow of death, literally, and then releases to us a spirit of sonship so that we can cry, Abba, Father. It's like that inheritance being returned, the brokenness and then the reward, the brokenness and then the inheritance, the brokenness and then the release of Job 42, the brokenness, that depth, it takes us deeper and deeper and deeper into the greater things. Just about every movie that you've probably ever seen and enjoyed is probably about someone who's gone through brokenness and then succeeded. I don't like the ones where people go through brokenness and they just end it. I don't watch those movies. I watch the movies where there's maybe challenges and trials and brokenness and then, wow, I mean, Iron Man takes revenge. (laughs) 
where do I go after that? <laughs> you know, it's often in times when we're truly, truly broken, yielded, weak in the flesh that we then begin to see the miraculous hand of God. Because a lot of the other time, we've had so many other things to consume us, entertain us, or bring us through. By the way, I'm trying to be a bit more poised and slow because I've had so many people say, you talk so fast, there's so much in what you're saying that I can't contain it. I think that's a compliment, but that's why I'm trying to... (laughs) So anyway, if you miss it, you can listen to the podcast. And you can actually go like 0.5 speed. You can slow me down. (laughs) <laughs> it, it really spoke to me this week just hearing one of the guys saying that God tears down before he builds up because honestly that's exactly what he's done with Harvest Australia Church he's torn so many things down that just weren't right or maybe they just weren't right in the right seat on the right bus, so to speak, and in the right position, and hearts aligned, and calling, and destinies, and the future, and everything that the Lord has for this house, he needed to break down. He needed to break us, unfortunately. Uh, we, we carry a little bit of a limp now. It's why sometimes we don't quite know what to do. But I'm telling you, God is doing that. He's done that for a reason. I say to Karen, probably, if it's not daily, it's at least weekly, I am so glad we are now in this season. (laughs) I'm so glad it's 2016. We are so blessed and God is preparing this house for great things. But let me make it more individual than that. God is preparing you for great things. And maybe you're only just around the corner from it. Maybe you're just about to let go. Maybe you are just about to give up or listen to the lie of the enemy and just say, it's not for me. I'm telling you, some of you, I can feel even, you know, the confirmation. There's a specific way Holy Spirit gives me confirmation when it's from Him. And I can feel that right now. It's for many of you this morning needed just to hear that one word. That He is just around the corner. That 2016, I believe, is a year of expansion. And he keeps, he keeps saying that to me. I don't quite know what to do with that or what that means, but it's a year of expansion. And it's not just for me, but it's a family thing. Because if you have shares in your local family business, when your brother's stock goes up, so does yours. Because you own the same business. And that's not my quote, that's Leif Hetland. But it's true, isn't it? And we are in the kingdom business together. It's a family business. So when our brother or sister's business stock go up, so to speak, their lives prosper, they have breakthrough, well, guess what? We get that as well because it's a family business. And so the bar gets raised everywhere. And it's like, whoa, there's an acceleration happening. Whoa, hey, bring it on, Jesus. (laughs) Oh, dear, oh, dear, oh, dear. Anyway, yes, there's many prophetic analogies we could bring on right now and bring them all on. But it, it it is... exciting what God's doing. It's exciting that he's given us an opportunity at Aldinga to, to expand what God's doing down there. And, and, uh, and you know, I, I was hanging around, um, dropping, uh, picking the kids up 
from youth on Friday night, it's like there's this buzz going on. It's like getting bigger and there's, there's something happening. It's like, all right, okay, God, it's, you know, there's things happening. And, and so God's brewing and he's stirring and it's exciting. And here's a question I have for you, that through that season and even in this family, we would love people to really come on board. And what I mean by that is really hear from the Lord, how can I be in the family business? How can I serve in the family business? Not serve me or Karen, but serve in the family business. How can we do this thing together? You know, when you have a rally do, you know, everyone's bringing platters and things like that. Do you know what I mean? It's a family business. And this is a family business. And when the family sees the business and sees other people prospering, it's like, we don't want to tear them down. Bring that on, Jesus. Give them more. Give them more. Because when they get more, we get more. Because the whole house increases. And uh, it, it's, it's a very, very powerful thing when we really get this, isn't it? And so, anyway, I want to explain something that Karen and I did through years. And I started saying what the sleeve list... You know, I don't know if... Does anyone remember like months ago? I, I can't have been that powerful. Um, anyway... Here's something that Karen and I did through some of the years of, of nothingness, okay, frustration and when things weren't quite happening. We had what we called a sleeve list, right? You've, you've probably heard people say, uh, you, know, um, you know, put that on your sleeve list or whatever else. It's something, you know, you write on your arm. And so we would often see things or get a picture of what would be awesome to do in ministry or, you know, whatever it might be. And then we'd look at each other and go, okay, let's not go home and talk about that for two hours, because it's not for now, let's add it to the sleeve list. Because if you try to bring tomorrow's anointing into today, it will frustrate the out of you. Won't it? We've all done it. It's like you can see something, you can see, you know. Isn't it funny how we can see everyone else? We can see everything. Oh, wouldn't that be amazing if they just did that? If they, oh, if the church just did this. Anyway, yeah, yeah, you hear it all the time. But, you know, one of those things about being intimate with the Father is the Father speaks to us. He speaks to us and we apply it to us. When we have dreams, we don't just try to apply it to everyone else. What are you saying to me, Father? What was my reaction in that dream? What, was, what are you trying to say to me? And so these things are powerful. We, our sleeve list, we've probably seen all of our sleeve list maybe come to pass over the years, I don't know. We didn't actually physically write it on our sleeve. But, but it was something that, just an analogy that we had, it's like, okay, that's not for now, or that's not actually our authority to do. So we're not going to frustrate ourselves or anyone else with it. We'll add it to the sleeve list, and if and when he releases us to be in that realm of authority, we'll release it then. And some of those things that you think you would do, you don't do. And it's really fascinating, the journey. Why don't you stand? I want the band to come. Who loved hearing Karen the other week? Was it last week? Week before? Yeah. She'll, she'll share a bit more soon and it'll be good. You might be thinking, okay, what are we going to do now? <laughs> Close your eyes. It's all very formal, isn't it? 
You know, but family isn't that formal. So, Lord, we just ask for even a fresh family blessing upon our time together, like a big rally do. And, Lord, we ask that you would release a fresh anointing upon us to love one another, a fresh anointing upon us to love you. Lord, we ask that you would fill us with your spirit, not just so that we can claim things and, and, and whatever, but so that we can truly know your power in our weakness. Your power, not our power, the power of Christ, the risen Christ. And there may be some of you this morning who um, feel like that was really a word from you. I would love to just pray for you quickly this morning and just release heaven and breakthrough and whatever else. And um, before we do that, though, just grab the hands of the person next to you. you. You know this drill. You should just be able to automatically do this thing. But anyway, grab the per- close your eyes. Yeah, Lord, we just, we just bless that person next to us. And Lord, we thank you for them. We thank you for their gifts and their talents and their call and their destiny. We pray, Lord, that you would release a Job 42 double portion anointing in them and through them. And that your power may be brought to the fore in its fullness through their weakness. Lord, that you would raise Christ in them. Raise Christ in them. That you may be strong and powerful. And Lord, we thank you today that you are victorious. We thank you that you bring us through. We thank you that you lead us through. That you raise us up from our dying season. That you bring strength through our weakness. That you bring us out. And today, Lord, we ask that you would release heaven. Release heaven. Release new chapters, new doors, new freedom, new promotions, new prosperity, new abundance in the kingdom of God. If you just want to come down the front and worship or receive prayer, come right now. Ellie's just going to lead us in this song to finish up. And, uh, but you come now if you just want to receive prayer. And we'll do that really quickly right now. We want to pray for you. Bless what God's doing. And, uh, but we'll just worship for a couple of minutes along with that.